Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Every good leader must ask themselves, am I doing the most I can to make the greatest impact I can? Your church, business, and even our homes will rise and fall on leadership. So join the Renaissance Leadership Network at the 2017 Relevance Conference from November 16th through the 19th at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Learn how to stay in demand and maximize your influence as a leader. This dynamic conference will include daytime workshops and special evening sessions with world-class speakers and influencers, including Dr. Derek Greer, Dr. A.R. Bernard, Dr. Mike Freeman, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Dwayne Freeman, and more. The conference cost is minimal with daily rates and even an early registration discount. Don't miss it. Register today at rlnleadership.com slash relevance. That's rlnleadership.com slash relevance. Bring your leadership team with you and get ready to grow. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You've tuned in to the Live Big broadcast with Derek Greer pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message. You see, sometimes God comes specifically to knock over golden calves and, and, and to knock over, you know, sacred cows. So he's messing up these Jewish boys. These Jewish boys know the Bible too, by the way. He's messing all the concepts, all the concepts of what God is, what man can do. It's all confusing here. They don't know what to do. But the other thing you notice here is they seem to give more credit to the devil than God. Many of us are like that. We'll talk up what the devil's doing. All oh, the devil taking over the United States. The devil doing it. All what he doing with the children. But what about God? What about God? They saw this thing and said, oh, it must be the devil. It must be a ghost. But Jesus immediately speaks. Now, this is not natural speech. In the middle of a raging storm, you could barely hear your own thoughts, much less some man out in the water coming towards your boat. And then the boat is pretty long at that. All 12 men heard simultaneously what the master said. What we need is God to get past speaking to my brain. I need to get past another book or another reading session. I need God to speak to my heart. God spoke, but it wasn't to their ears. I don't even know how loud he spoke, but their hearts heard it. I come to church, not just to fill my brain, but to feed my heart. And I need in my life, like you do in your life, a word from God. That deep down in my toes, where it start curling up a little bit because it's so deep. I need, I need a word that's, that's just deep in me to face the crisis. 
But notice, there was a word. In your crisis, if you would acknowledge him, do you understand? He will speak the word. Let's keep going. Jesus says, take courage. Literally cheer up. Just like he, just like, Jesus is not a guy to invite to funerals. Remember last week? Totally messed it up. Totally messed it up. Don't you know what I'm going through, pastor? Yeah. It's really bad. I know. Doesn't the Bible say we within we? Yeah. But sometimes Christ is an awful comforter. He'll look you straight in the eye and say, cheer up. I'm drowning, God. My arms are shaking, God. But he says, cheer up. Jesus. He's the same God. In other words, boys, I put in you what I'm demanding from you. God will not permit life to demand something from you that he's not put in you the stuff to handle. Scripture says it differently. He won't let you go through something without giving you the strength to stand under that time of trial. According to Jesus, Jesus is not a liar. And even if Jesus wasn't a God, but he is, he was perfectly astute. He understood people. If he told them to be of good cheer, they had the capacity to be of good cheer. And what he was saying, boys, you need to draw on that thing deep down inside. I've been teaching you this thing. You've been watching me. You remember when they tried to throw me off the cliff, I walked right through that crowd. You remember all them different times. Boys, you, I've been teaching you that King God's like, see, I've been teaching you all this stuff. I've been teaching you kings. and I've been teaching you all that stuff. And here I show up in the middle of your test and you all nervous and afraid. He said, boys, you better act like you know. You better act like you know this truth. He said, cheer up. Be confident. What do you do when your boat starts sinking? I mean, what do you do? No, honestly, not, not, this is not a sermon. What do you do when you're taking on water? You're going under. I mean, these guys were fishermen. These are sea, seafaring guys. And for a storm to be so uh, overtaking them, this was a serious storm. It's not a light thing. But what do you do? And, and people use the word hell so loosely, it frustrates me. But I'm going to use it here. When, when hell seems to come against you, what do you do? Do you cower like the rest? Jesus says, be of good cheer. So, the world's complaining about gas prices. The world's talking about the recession. What you saying? What you saying? Jesus said, no, no. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what the Bible says. He's saying to the boys, be confident. Be confident. Even in the midst of a storm, be confident. See, I've read through some storms. I've cried through some of them all the way to the end. But over time, God has taught me, boy, you better show yourself a man. When you're a child, you act like a child. And I, I kind of blessed you like a child. But son, you're a man now. You need to put away some of that child stuff. And some of y'all, y'all grown in Christ long enough. God said, you need to put away all that childish behavior. Show yourself a man or woman. You say you're a believer, now believe. You say he is your peace. You sing songs about it. Now be at peace then. Come on. You need to be challenged a little bit. But listen, I'm not just trying to challenge you. I want you, you need to be changed. This thing takes hold of you. And when the test comes, all you are is what God said you'd be. Do you understand? All right. He says, take courage. It is I, in the Greek is ego, emi. Which literally says I am. He says, boys, be cheerful. I am. Then he says, don't be afraid. Okay. Now, we're logical creatures here. Just because it's you, why should I not be afraid? Okay. 
You're walking on the water. My boat is sinking. So you're coming saying, I am. What's that do for me? I mean, really think about it. Understand Christ's logic. He's saying, we're one. He said, listen, the Bible says elsewhere, as, as Christ is, so are we in this world. If a boat wouldn't sink because Christ was on it, if Christ is in you, you got to get to the place. Lord, you have to deny yourself for me to fail. You'd have to start self-destructing your head spinning before you leave me out there by my lungs and let me fail in this thing. Because I've obeyed you. I've done what you said do, Lord. And you said after doing all to stand, just stand. Now, Lord, I- I'm doing that. And I am no longer in myself. I'm now in Christ. So since I'm in you, whatever you are, I am. See, the problem is sometimes the the, the devil in the world try to separate me from my God in my thinking. So when the plane hits turbulence, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen to me? And God's like, can anything ever happen to me? The problem is you being you. Are you hearing me? He comes to them with the, I am. In other words, Peter, who are y'all? Are you hearing? He said, fear not, because I am. See, I used to say, I fear not, because I got it all together. I got it all figured out. Or because I'm strong, or I got some friends that will help me. No. There are going to be times in your life that the only place of uh, getting out of your situation is being strong, because I am. He is. Not you, I am. And as you latch on to his I am, you become. Did, did I make any sense to you? So, so Peter, the astute student he is, picks up on the reasoning. He says, okay, me and you got this connection, master. Lord, if it's you, puts this thing to the test. Lord, if it's you, bid me, King James, tell me to come on the wall. Do you hear the presumption, quote unquote, that religious people would say? The audacity? You think you're Jesus, Peter? How dare you? Jesus can walk in the water, but Peter, I I saw what you did on the shore. But it's not about Peter, it's about I am. Are you hearing me? He said, Lord, if it's you, if I can verify, that's your voice out there. Because this is scaring me. Again, you done messed up my category. But if you verify this is you. You see, Peter understood that everything Christ was, was his. You see, a father-son relationship, you understand that everything the, the, the daddy got, the child got, belongs to him. So deep in the thinking of these men, Jesus been planting a seed and been watering it and he's saying, guys, whatever I can do, you can. In fact, he says, greater miracles shall you do. He's saying, basically, y'all going to live longer. Y'all going to travel more play. Y'all going to do some greater work shall you do because I go unto the Father. You, you need to see yourself differently. You know why I'm going to make it? Because I am. It gets simple after a while. And if someone else, that reasoning seems silly. It can even seem braggadocious. It can seem cocky. It can seem arrogant. But the Bible says, make our boast in the Lord. 
You see, if I'm walking with God, doing what he's saying to do, God would have to fail before he don't pull through for me. How many of y'all got that type of faith? You see, many of y'all got that, you know, that church faith, you know, forgive me for, I just keep coming up, but I try to be nice, but, you know, little sissified church faith, church mouse faith. But God is raising up some lions. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Have some real, when the son of man comes, will he find faith? Anyone that believes, you know, well, I believe I'll die when I go to heaven. Well, that's good. But what about right now? Do we have any faith that, 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 that's, that's larger than, than dying and being no good to people on planet Earth and going to glory? It's how faith is impossible to please God. So we, we, we okay, we need to have some faith. I, I, I don't know how to even say all I want to say here. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. He understood his destiny was wrapped up in Christ. Jesus spoke. He said, come. As you've heard said before, Peter did not walk on the water. He walked on the word. Many of us, what you walking on? What you walking on? They began in a natural boat to get across shore. Then Jesus released his word in the middle of a storm. And that word became more sure than the boat. It's like the Wild E. Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons where, you know, Wally would cut off the branch with Roadrunner. See, I'm showing my age because some of y'all are just like, who is he talking about? But to those of you old enough, he cut off the branch. Instead of the branch falling, the tree would fall. You see, you have a sure foundation. Do you hear what I'm saying? So Peter said, Lord, if it's you, if our destinies are intermingled, if I'm going to really operate in Christ and I'm going to live this thing like I am in you and, and you in me, as he said in John 15, and if all this is true, bid me to come out there so I can do it with you. Then Peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Now tell me, just give me a little bit of help here. We're beginning, we've got to wrap up in a few moments. Just a little help. On the calmest day, when the wind's not blowing, the sun's real bright. Just quiet. Can you walk on the water? So what does the wind have to do with it? The point of this thing is how easily we're distracted with nonsense. So easily distracted with irrelevant issues and points. Are you hearing me? Well, she doesn't like me. He hurt my feelings. They didn't come to my party. What do they got to do with it? It's irrelevant if God be for you. Who can be against you? It's irrelevant. The devil comes to deceive. Oh, the, the wind. It's nothing to do with walking on the water. But Peter gets distracted. 
He gets his eyes off of what's relevant. He gets his focus off Jesus. And when he gets his focus off, the Bible says beginning to sink. Now, we can criticize Peter. At least Peter got the boat. You know, sometimes in my life I say, Lord, I didn't do this right. I should have done that. And God's so sweet. He's like, well, son, at least you got out the boat. Yeah, you're hearing all that criticize citizens for the shoreline, but they still in the boat side. And I notice people that get out of the boat, they're not ones that do a whole lot of criticizing because they know what it's like. You hear what I'm saying? And beginning to sink, he cried out. What did he do? Yeah. Notice he doesn't cry out to the other disciples. I want to be a good bishop, good pastor. Sometimes I'm not to be your first phone call. Sister so-and-so, good lady, I know she loves you, but she's not always to be the first phone call. Didn't say, he cried, oh, James, John, come on, help me. No. He cried out to the Lord. Amen. And he heard his cry. We can't be too proud. You see, I don't even like praying in public too much because it's embarrassing. Because, you know, people want these formulaic prayers. And when I get to praying, it get messy. Spit stop flying. You know, tears might start running down my face. You understand? I'll start expressing things I don't even want no one to hear. So that's why I say go to your closet. Because when you're really doing this thing, you can't really be in public. You know what I'm saying? That's why I, that's why I say go to your closet. Right. Matter of fact, you look at the Bible, you find Jesus didn't really pray in public very much. Most of his praying was by himself. Some of us in this church, the only time you pray is in prayer meeting before service. I'm doing somebody some good. Beginning to sink, he cried out. Man, and this is not a deep theological prayer. It's not long. There's no piano. There's no choir. There's nothing. Sometimes the best prayers are short and from the heart. Lord, master, save me. That was it. I didn't even know hermeneutical, homiletical, nothing. Just master, I'm yours. And once you call him master, you're saying that there's a relationship. A master teaches a student. A master owns a slave. A father raises a child. So in him saying, Lord, he was, he was saying, we're in relationship, hey, we're in relationship, hey, 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 we're in relationship, master. You can't let me sink. Remember, Lord, he didn't just say, Jesus, he said, Lord, we are in relationship. Jesus says, yes. Where I am, you shall be also. So Jesus stretches down his strong arm, verse 31. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and what? We may waver, but God will never, never fail. Then Jesus says, and we got to hurry up here. Oh, you of what? Good intentions are not enough. God wants to have some faith. He said, Lord, I intended to. God said, well, I want to see some faith. Lord, I meant to go to that meeting. I meant to do this. I meant to open. No, 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 no. Good intentions will get you nowhere. It's a, I guess it's a great start if you're going to have faith to it, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. You of what? Little faith. 
Now, we've heard teaching on faith, but what is faith in this passage? Faith is doing what Jesus was doing. True faith believes I can do what Jesus did. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. So that means all that's available through that name is now available to me. So why are you praying such a tiny prayer? Do you understand? Faith is believing that you can be like, not Bishop. I hope you learn something. Follow me as I follow Christ. But faith is believing I can be like him. If Jesus didn't get all excited, you know, that lady that was washing his feet, you know, with the hair and everything. Look, y'all weren't there. You look at the test. The Pharisees saying to him on the set, if he only knew the woman, man, there was smoke in that room. You see, Jesus was looking at a holy and pure, and everyone else was like, ooh. You're not supposed to let your hair down. Now I'm way off the subject. In public, if you're a woman, it was seductive. And for her to take her hair off, wash his feet, and for Jesus not to respond like most men would, was incredible. But I'm to be like Jesus. Are you hearing me? True faith is saying, I can be like him, not just forgiven by him. That's the starting place of faith, but that is not, that's little faith. You see, little faith was enough to get him out of the boat. A little faith was enough to keep them rowing in that storm. A little faith was enough to get him walking on water for a little while. But it's only great faith that enables us to finish. Let's, let's watch what Jesus says here. He says, you of what? You see, don't, little faith's not bad. You can do some things. He literally walked on water with little faith. But my prayer is that we in this room come to a place of great faith. That we get to a place that we don't, we don't get distracted. We don't lose focus. Because of things around us. We keep our eyes on the prize, on Christ Jesus. And, and, and he does, now I, I want to be saved by him. But, but, but my prayer is for him to have to save me sometimes just a little bit less. That I'll do nothing to bring dishonor to his name. But listen, be careful about criticizing Peter. Because remember, he did what? He got out of the boat. Then he looks at his disciple. And he turns it into a learning experience. He doesn't beat him over the head, say, you fool, you idiot. He said, man, you had a little faith. And he says, you do have faith. It's just little. In other words, man, it's like a seed, but it got to grow. It got to grow. Okay. Then he goes on and says, why did you doubt? This is the question that pierced his heart. Why did you vacillate in your mind? You see, Satan comes at that, that moment, that tenth of a second, you vacillate. Well, you're stuck in it. You're scared. And, and often that's when we do the wrong thing. He said, why, son? Why? After all the teaching." You've been walking with me all the preaching, all the quiet nights, all the long nights, all the, the, the long walks we had, all the prayer. Why did you doubt? Hear the heart of Jesus. It's not because he's keeping score. Why did you doubt? And now, you know, disciple number one fails. It's like, no, he's easy. It's why, Peter? There was why. Why? And God's saying, why do you doubt? You see, to the angels, it makes no sense. The most trustworthy creature in the universe is our God. And they're looking at us in the music. Why do you tell? 
And Jesus, why Peter? You know, he's, Peter could have only believed, but he chose to doubt. Listen, you say, I'm beginning to doubt because of circumstance. I want to say something to you. You're beginning to doubt because you choose it. You're making a choice. I'm not winning a lot of friends today. I'm trying to be nice. But truth will make you free. You see, when stuff has happened, I got a choice to make. I need to make it quick. Am I going to believe it? I have found that when it takes me a long time to believe it, often I don't really believe it even when I believe it. When I get right on top, Lord, you got this thing. I I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I don't have Bible verses to back it up. I just find. It is a greater result, and, and, and I just find that, that, that true faith surges on, on a whole different level. He said, why did you what? Doubt. In other words, why did you vacillate, I said, in your mind? I trust you, Lord, but I don't. I can, but I can't. I will, but I won't. Jesus said, let your yes be yes. At this point in our life, we've been walking with God for a while, many of you in here. You need to make either going to believe God or you're not. Then it says, and when they climbed into the boat, what? The wind died down. You see, the wind was under God's control all the time. That was the point. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you were blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.